Welcome back to the Recovering Christian Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Cam Snow. And I am your co-host, Carla. And today we have a very special guest. <laughs> uh, Shiloh yep. will be... Uh, Making an appearance. Making here. an appearance. Shiloh Snow is our son. He's our four-month-old. If you're <laughs> listening to the audio, if you're just listening to the podcast, Carla's nursing Shiloh right now. And uh, because Mom. he was hungry. Yeah. So we like to keep it real here as much <laughs> as we can. And give a peek into how you do entrepreneurship and content creation with family, which we are still very much figuring out. Oh, totally. So we have a really interesting topic. So uh, Carla and I just came off a client call like 20 minutes ago, and it was a really, it was just fire, just a fire call. If you've ever had one of those calls where you're like, man, it's just flowed. The client's getting it. It was just amazing. You connected. We both cried. It was amazing. So we're going to talk about vision. This episode is being published at the beginning of February. And January is usually that month where you kind of talk about your vision, you come up with it, and then it either starts to take off or you hit the ground, like face first. So this is kind of Carla's expertise. So we're going to kind of transition over and be talking about this and this idea of why should I put all this time and energy into my vision if God's not going to give it to me anyway? So with that, we're going to transition. And I would love for you to tell us a little bit of your story around the concept of vision, because you identify as a visionary mm-hmm. much more than I do. Yeah. Talk to us about, talk to the people about that journey for you of being identifying as a visionary and what that has meant. Hmm. Yeah. So for me, since I was a kid, I've always, always on the run, always doing something, creating something. Um, My dad created custom homes for a living And I would take scrap wood and I would create uh, furniture for my dolls. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and honestly, I, I didn't really enjoy playing dollies. That's what me and my sister would call it. But I loved creating things for them. I would play dollies so that I could create. And so I realized that from a very early age, I was constantly visioning something and creating something. It was coming Mm -hmm. from a place of just pure, uninhibited play. Play. Playfulness. Yes, playfulness. Creativity and curiosity. Yes, absolutely. And then over time, my beliefs became jaded if you were mm. if you will i mean yeah in the sense of i started basically i started to experience disappointment right and the way and then watching adults and how they express disappointment and how they approach disappointment i and also coming up in a cult if you uh, saw our intro episode, there's a more, little bit more story there. Yeah. But growing up 
maybe give a, like a little bit of context as you're telling the story around like the cult very briefly so that people have some context as we're talking about the vision yeah um, yeah i um we uh nicknamed it's not a mainstream cult uh but in, in definition uh it's just uh non-mainstream uh, non-denominational cult that I grew up in and it was very patriarchal very much so uh did not believe in gifts um it was very much a works based faith yeah. it was very uh you know work hard and build up those treasures in heaven the you and know maybe god will bless it and yeah maybe we'll god see. will bless it uh very much the <laughs> idea growing up was um building up treasures in heaven. Oh, if you're really good and you do a lot of good works, you'll have the mansion. But if you don't do good works, you'll have the shack. You get the hut. Yeah. yeah. You get the, uh, for us, it was the shack. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so over time, seeing how adults express their disappointments, seeing in the cult growing up and experiencing this God that we had to be perfect for in order to get something good. Mm, yeah. But it was never guaranteed. And it could always be careful because if you misstep, you'll lose everything. So much pressure. So much pressure. And then in t- uh, when I was 15 years old, I experienced losing everything. Uh, my uh, summary, uh, I went from living in a home that uh basically a mansion um and on my 15th birthday we moved into a glorified barn yeah that your dad had built that my dad had built on the same property on the same property so to give some context to this part of the story carlos family lived at this house that they they owned this house and over the years they built up the property and they had this um they had this really cool garage i thought it was cool there's this really cool garage thing there wasn't there were like three buildings on the property and then when this story happened they went from the house that they owned to renting the the barn is what we called it yeah right yeah we called it a barn because uh technically uh not yeah that's what it was uh was not livable uh we didn't have central heating and air wasn't up to code as it were code yes um, my walls were furniture yeah. blocking your view. Yeah. No doors. So anyway, so I experienced in my, you know, 15 year old self, it was the ultimate, how dare you losing everything on my birthday. Everyone forgot my birthday except yeah, for my mom. Cause they were moving. Cause they were, cause we were moving. And so in my teenage mind, I experienced losing absolutely everything and having food stamps yeah and and also just for the context of this because this part of your story is there's a lot of really interesting thing that's things that happen there was the purpose of uh this conversation there was a financial thing that happened that's really all that needs to be said there was a financial thing that happened where there was a financial downturn they experienced and they went from owning to like renting on the same property which kind of queued up the next part of the story which we'll get to yeah. So there, yeah, definitely plenty of experiences throughout my life that reinforce this subconscious belief that 
uh, God gives you good things so that the bad things aren't so bad. Hmm. Like a concession. Yeah. Like a concession to help. Yeah. Like, can I at least have something to make this not as bad? And God was like, okay, fine. Uh, In life, how that presented in life was, and is still still experience this, even though I know that I am aware of this, is the belief of, um, I have it now, but I could lose everything. So fast forwarding. Yeah, nothing is certain. Fast forwarding to the story with Evelyn. Um, I've had a quite a crazy past and I had a lot (laughs) putting it lightly and I didn't believe I could be a mom because of it. And over time with illnesses and different circumstances, it felt, I felt, I didn't realize this for a long time, but it felt like God was also telling me, yeah you can't be a mom either. Mm. Like God believed it. That was my belief. Right. And subconscious. And over time, um, I started developing this very real sense that I was meant to be a mom. And it made me so, so damn angry. Yeah. So angry. And I was like, God, why would you do this? And I found myself whenever we would do vision boards or vision vision planning, planning, whatever, whatever, or even just thinking of the year ahead, it was always, I would create a vision of like, okay, um, I will do all of these things to become a mom. Maybe I need to adopt, foster to adopt or whatever. And I would create this thing and uh, certain obstacles would happen. And then every year it was the same thing of like, yeah. Well, we need the house in order for us to be able to adopt. We don't have the house. Oh, well, then we got the house and then it was something else. Yeah. Just it was like, like over constant things. Yeah. And then in 2021, all of a sudden, every fiber of my mean knew I was going to be a mom. Yeah. Literally every cell, every fiber, I just knew I was a mom. Yeah. I felt it that I was, yeah, sorry, not that I was going to be, but that I was, um, so many pregnancy tests later, I've lost count. I wasn't pregnant, but I knew I was a mom. Yeah. In July of 2021, I then got a vision, a very vivid picture that I was going, not only was I a mom, but I was going to have a family. Basically, I was going to have a baby by Thanksgiving of that same year. Yeah. Yeah. And you rationalized it. You're like, well, that's not possible because I'm not pregnant. So God must have meant Thanksgiving of next year. Yeah. Yeah. So I started visioning from that place. Okay. It must mean next year. Well, then the miraculous story of Evelyn came. Yeah. Where... Evelyn appeared. We will uh, talk more in depth of our beloved, incredible daughter. That's a whole, it's a whole episode, but yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other incredible, beautiful, miraculous story moving forward. Um, 
so the people know. Yeah. We became parents by the weekend. Yes. We uh, learned about this precious little baby um, that was coming into the world. And uh, we found out about her on Tuesday. Yeah. We met her birth mom on Thursday. And Evelyn was born on Saturday. She went into labor on Friday. Yep. And she so was born. We literally had Saturday. a baby by the weekend. Yeah. And we will go into more of that story later on. Yeah. But for the context of like the visionary and how this affected your your visioning abilities, your visioning gift. Yeah. So when that happened, I started to be like, oh, that's when my idea of vision and me being a visionary became challenged once again. And I mm-hmm. felt like I was coming closer to how I viewed it as a kid. Started, I felt like I was finally mending that piece of myself and reconnecting to that playfulness, that creative playfulness. And then in, so she was born November 6th, 2021. Mm -hmm. We moved to Tennessee and two weeks later in January. Well, and to kind of like tease it even a little bit more, the vision that you got was I will be holding a baby by Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You saw the willow tree, yeah, that is currently in our backyard. Willow tree before we even before ground. we saw the house at all, and you were going to be pregnant by January, and so you thought, okay, I'm going to be pregnant in January, and I'll have a baby by next Thanksgiving. Yep. And what happened instead? <laughs> <laughs> what happened instead is I got a baby by the Thanksgiving of the same year. Yep. Um. And then I, I, it was almost like I put it in the back of my mind, like I forgot about it because yeah. God. Now we had a newborn, like other things to think about. Yeah, other things to think about. But on the vision standpoint, mm. it was like, oh, God already gave me a blessing. I can't have more than that. Right. Like He already gave me something that I thought was impossible. And I'm, I'm okay with this. So That's, I'm okay. okay. I'm fine. Like, thank you, God. I'm good. Please don't take it away. Thank you. Thank you for like smiling. Thank you for smiling me, upon me. Lowly yeah. State. Yeah. And then in January, I had another vision where I was holding two babies. I woke up and I was like, Kim, I need to go buy a pregnancy test. Oh my gosh. I forgot about this part. Yeah. <laughs> And we all know how pregnancy tests work, but it was also crazy because um, I didn't even get to set it on the count on the counter before it read pregnant. <laughs> so like, I didn't even actually have like any real time to process what I was doing. No, this and was two, two weeks. No, I, well, this was a month. Oh yeah. Sorry. This yeah. was a month after we had moved. Yeah. Which meant that you were already, had already been pregnant for several weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So she got pregnant like two weeks after we moved. Yeah. To Nashville. Um, and it was like a medical, oh, I guess you can get pregnant situation. Yeah. Um, and the entire pregnancy, even up until the birth, I had this terror that I was going to lose my son. Mm. I knew it was this, I knew it was a boy in my heart. Yeah. And started to uncover this subconscious belief that, 
oh, God gave me Evelyn so that I would be able to handle the storm of losing my son. Or the other way around, that I would lose my precious daughter. And that filled me with terror, and I found myself, Mm -hmm. I didn't touch the Bible. Oh, my, no. Couldn't even t- I couldn't even look at it. I I found myself questioning so much, and I couldn't live with the God I knew. So I created a God I could live with. And fast forward. And was that God the one, the God that you created in your mind that you, you're like, the, the God that I grew up with, there's no way this can be real. Yeah. No. I can't accept that. Can't accept it at all. So what adjustments did you make in your mind to accommodate for that? sitting on my back porch looking at our backyard mm-hmm. and I was watching the beautiful cardinal birds mm-hmm. twittering about and a bunch of other birds and I remember the verse about you know yep. the, I don't remember the verse but a, like God taking care of the sparrows will take care of you kind of thing yeah yeah and I was just watching them being carefree, um, snow on the ground, seemingly barren, and yet they were happy and meeting their soulmates. Fun fact, girl cardinals, not bright red and beautiful. <laughs> they are beautiful in their own way, but not like the boy, yeah. the boy cardinals. They're but, like brown. Yeah. And it was kind of like this moment of wanting to connect with that God. Mm. The God I could feel in the trees and the wind and in the earth and in the birds and in Evelyn as she explored the world. And watching Evelyn, our daughter, um, I started to remember how I used to view God when I was a little little girl and it was not this big scary god that would judge you yeah it was the one that would protect you yeah how i became a christian is i saw a play about lazarus lazarus Lazarus. oh my gosh thank you um in the rich man that went to hell right the parable the parable Mm -hmm. and that night, I, that's when I was saved. Mm-hmm. And so my view of God when I was a kid was he's the one that takes you under his wing. He's the one that protects you, provides for you, and you don't have to live in torment. 
Oh man. That was when I was a child, like that was the God I knew. Right. So you didn't actually take it as like, God is this God who like sends people to hell. Yeah, I know. You saw it as like, God is the way that you can live a life that's not in torment. Yes. Whew, man, that's a word. That's that's crazy and beautiful. And I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I want to kind of like take this this whole story and kind of like ground it. As we're talking about the idea of vision, we're talking about entrepreneurs who have a reputation for being these visionary creators who see the big picture and then can get lost in it. And like, what's the next step? And how do I grow my business and all of these things? And the, the point of this story and like why we're sharing this is that you went on a journey that changed your relationship to the very concept of vision. And in that journey, it also completely turned your idea of God on its head. And so when we, we talk about this with our clients, when we're talking about vision and vision planning or doing yeah. a vision board or those kinds of things that help you see like your goals as it were, which I don't even know if we would use those words. Mm -mm, no, you have so a very, points. very different. Exactly. You have a different relationship to the idea of vision now and how we use that as an entrepreneur. So that's kind of the origin story. And there's so much more that we could get into, but I kind of want to like, get some more tangible uh, maybe takeaways for our audience here of yeah. if you're an entrepreneur and you're struggling with the idea of vision. And we've just kind of talked about a lot of the idea of like how God in, plays into that vision. Like if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm trying to figure out my vision, right? What are you going to tell me about that? Yeah. So first and foremost, what's going to inform your vision is your subconscious belief systems. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, uh, your religious institution, whatever that may be, mm -hmm. you grew up in or you're in now or you walked away from whatever your situation in life is your perception of God, the creator. Right. And that's important because those religious institutions or the lack thereof, depending on your upbringing, True. inform how you think about how things happen in yes. this world. Yes. Right. Like either things are created because there are things that I do or God gives them to me or some somewhere in between. Karma, yes, manifestation, exactly. all the different things in between. So your ideas about God and the universe and how those things happen are super important. Yes. Super, especially for recovering Christians. <laughs> yeah. Growing up in a religious institution that gave you a certain view of God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, our client... Um, basically like, what's the point of vision if God's just not going to give it to me anyway? Right. As an example of how it can inform and prevent yeah. said things from happening. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And then first is the belief of yourself, yeah. which is obviously connected to God. But 
One of these things that I have really come to discover, especially in working with the clients that I work with, is it's so common to create a vision based on someone else's success story. Oh my gosh. And so you create a vision looking at someone else's success story. Raise your hand if you've done that. <laughs> I want a million dollars because that's what I'm told to want. Yeah. Success means da da da, da. Mm-hmm. Making X, Y, Z amount of money each month, having the house, the kids, the white picket fence, all that stuff. Yeah. So when you're creating, when you were writing, not creating, when you're writing down a vision based on someone else's success story, you it's like the it's like the equivalent of trying to build the house you want using someone else's blueprint yeah and then wondering why the hell it's not happening right when you have the tools and materials that you've been given and it's like hey i'm looking at this blueprint and it says that i need a saw but i only have a hammer yeah how am i supposed to do this exactly i'm going to use what I have in place of that and like use a tool that's not supposed to be used for that in a totally different way. Totally. And so you end up creating this so-called vision board or vision or whatever. And you might, you might be able to achieve a certain level of success. In fact, a lot of my clients are actually pretty darn successful, but they're freaking miserable. Right. Not knowing that like you can still achieve success because there are certain elements we are all connected. There's a certain element where we are all connected. So there will be a level of success, Right. but it's not within who you truly are, your divine in like your true self, who you were actually made to be. Yeah. And so that will weave and weasel its way mm-hmm. into your vision. You can be successful at the wrong thing. Yes. Which for entrepreneurs means you can grow a successful business doing the wrong thing and then burn it to the ground. Just creates this massive just yeah. division inside of you when you've built a business that doesn't really connect with your story and your purpose and like what God has put you here to do. And you're that nagging feeling that you're just the doing yeah, it. the constant feeling where you're not yeah. doing enough. You're on that hamster wheel. You're just yeah, um, or you're at the top and you're so incredibly lonely and isolated. Yeah. Um, yeah. we have clients that yeah. their marriages fell apart, that they're having an existential crisis, that they are at the top and they don't know who they are. Yeah, like the question of who yeah. am I is just like is like a paralysis. Yeah. And it's such an important question too. And, you know, if you've been feeling this way, if you're an an entrepreneur and a recovering Christian entrepreneur and you've been feeling this, then you're not alone. Yeah. This has been happening. I think like we take a big picture and look at this. This is what happened in 2020 changed our world in a big way. And you could argue that it happened even earlier in 2016, at least with the Christian world. And it cracked open our, our world and people are asking these questions. Yeah. And I do believe that God is moving in a, in a, in a way that is, is like, whoa, something's happening here. Like there's a, it's, it's like, it feels like an awakening for a lot of people. And if you felt this, like our encouragement is like, follow that, like that discomfort is there for a reason. And it's there to serve you. 
and point you in a new direction. So as we kind of like begin to wrap up this short conversation on vision, because it's such a big topic. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Such a big topic. Like what what's one practical thing that someone listening could do or someone watching could do with that will will get them out of that chasing someone else's vision thing. What's one practical thing that they could do like today to help begin to move them in the right direction? Yeah. So in order to move forward with anything, you need to know what your foundation is. You need to know what you're building on, what blueprint you are trying to build on. Yeah. So practically speaking, first and foremost, spending some real actual time. And I have my clients do this. It's not just like a one tip. This isn't a tip. This is like a real thing. This is the process. This is the process. (laughs) First and foremost, what is success for you? What Like what is success? And if you're having a hard time defining it, Who do you look up to that you view as successful? Mm. I want you to list out what it is about them or what they have or what it is about them that screams to you successful. Yeah, right. And you write all of that out. And that's when you discover that is the blueprint that you are operating from. So that's success right? Defining. There's the other side of the beliefs of why you can't have said success. Mm. So then you're going to then, what is all of the thoughts and stories in your brain, why you cannot achieve that? Yeah. And here's the kicker. You're not meant to achieve someone else's success. You're meant to walk in your own success. Yeah. Wow. So the process, the little practical steps here is give yourself the actual time. Um, so often we don't actually do that. And we think we have like, oh, I've done that process because I spent a couple minutes journaling. But like, no, like get out of your normal environment. Yeah. You know, even if that's just going to a coffee shop and putting on your noise canceling headphones and thinking about this for from a different perspective. And who do I look up to that I consider to be successful? And what are the things about them that I consider to be success? And if I have not achieved those things, why not? Yeah. And on the flip side, if you're like, Carla, I'm already super successful successful, and I am miserable or I'm super successful, yet there's, I feel an emptiness. There's something more. Hmm. Then it's the other part of the other the like kind of like the flip side to that is giving yourself time and space to uncover the parts of the blueprint that are not yours and what is it about your success that is both rewarding and not rewarding at the same time mm. and yeah. Wow. Ultimately, there's a lot of patterns within that. There's a lot of stories. Obviously, like I could 
write a book, which I I probably will. <laughs> I could <laughs> write a book on all of this and helping like with going with I do with this with my clients, but like helping you unravel those tangled, jumbled core belief systems that are like leeches on your soul. Yeah. Removing and keeping you stuck and removing those because you can be incredibly successful and wildly miserable. (laughs) Or you could be incredibly (laughs) successful and extremely numb. Yeah. Totally. Man, so this is such a good like look at the visioning process and you know you kind of shared some of your story around how those beliefs changed for you so as we kind of like wrap up this episode um you have something else yeah i in wrapping up this episode i just my heart kind of like reached out um i feel like someone who's listening um this is this is for somebody listening uh but really this is an invitation to everyone listening We've created a Facebook group and if you have not already joined, there's a, in the questions, there's a spot where it's like, what's your biggest challenge? Personal and business. Personal and business. And in that, if you are struggling with this very topic or with your identity or with your belief in God or anything, reference this episode, put it in the comments, and I will reach out to you personally. Or if you are open to creating a conversation within the Facebook group itself around working through some of these roadblocks, I think it would be very incredibly powerful, not just for you, the listener, but for others in their journey, seeing a reflection of their journey within your story. Yep. Yep. I'd be happy to do that. That Facebook group is the Recovering Christian Entrepreneur, Money, Marketing, and Your Message on Facebook. And you can find it with the link bit.ly slash recovering entrepreneur group. And if Facebook is not your thing, you can follow Carla on Instagram, which is Instagram.com slash Carlathena. Yeah. <laughs> and all the links will be in the the notes here. Yeah, in the description box below. All those things. Or so, in the notes section if you're listening on the podcast. Exactly. So thanks for listening and tuning in. Um, be sure to check us out on the Facebook group and links below. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Talk to you soon. <laughs>